Doncic wins the game at the buzzer. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of the Gunshot. I am Grant Gunn. I'm joined with my sister Lauren Gunn. Uh, it's been a little while. We were off two weeks, and I've got to before we even get going. We were off last week because someone graduated <laughs> with her master's degree. And oh, by the way, she did it in four years, not the normal five. So Lauren, how are you feeling? All college graduated. I, I'm i feeling good. Thank you. That was very sweet. That was a nice intro. Uh, I'm feeling good. I, I'm back in Dallas. I'm back back at home base, ready for some playoffs. You already know this. Today is today's the day. It starts today. So I'm feeling good. I'm glad college is behind me. No more assignments, no more McGraw-Hill, no more anything, no more canvas. If you know what I'm talking about, you know how brutal it is. So it's all behind me, and I couldn't be happier. Those days I do not miss. So <laughs> I will say, um, before we dive into NBA, we've got a ton to talk about. I'm excited. So currently I work at a public accounting firm. Lauren starts at that same firm in a month. <laughs> so we are counting down the days we're back, living in the same city, working together. Uh, she's actually going to be working in the tax department. I'm going to be in audits. So we won't be working together, but always good to see each other. My fiance is a teacher and she are, she was already talking about the other day. She's going to have the summers off. She's like, man, I'm going to get to come meet you guys for lunch some days. So that will uh-huh. be awesome. That will be awesome. Counting down. Anyway, we've got a week to go for our wedding too. So my gosh, we've just mm-hmm. got so much going on. Uh, but anyway, back to the NBA because the season ended. It was absolutely nuts. Um, Lauren, before we dive into talking about the playoffs and everything we've got here, I want to touch on just the last couple of days of the season, and then we'll talk about the play-in games as well. Lauren, I think when we looked at I, – I think the season ended Sunday, and I saw that on Saturday, not any of the seeding matchups or, or uh, conference seeds in either conference had been set. Mm-hmm. Uh, how crazy do you think and, and how awesome was it to see all this competition – this late in the season. You know, I I loved it, to be honest with you. You and I have had several conversations about the play-in tournament and how it affects certain things. But seeing the last month of the season be chaos uh, has been awesome. And, And the competition, I mean, look at the Wizards. The Wizards were fighting tooth and nail to get into that play in tournament. I mean, they were on a hot stretch. Russ is having an insane year. And so it, it it's been awesome. And then us with from watching the Mavs and keeping track of every single Lakers score, every single Portland Trailblazers score. I mean, it was just, it was chaos. And so that play in tournament, man, I don't know what the future holds. You and I had have talked about maybe, maybe adjusting the formatting to an eight and nine tournament, uh, depending on whether or not they're in within a certain number of games. Um, but that's all that's a whole other conversation but i mean i loved it there's so much the the hype going up to the lebron steph game was unreal um the even memphis san antonio that was an awesome game so many great games to watch uh so i i definitely didn't hate it but i really loved the the biggest thing was that the last month of the the regular season it mattered it really did matter it wasn't like oh we're some teams could afford to rest their guys but that also like affected what was going on against some of these teams that were fighting to make it in right. so it just adds another layer of competition and intensity to the season so i'll be honest i i didn't hate it and i know that that's a little bit by or that's a little hindsight 2020 cuz the mavs weren't in the play in tournament but 
if it's here to stay for for a longer period of time there i mean you're gonna get your your at some point or another your team's probably gonna be in the play-in so it just comes with it but i liked the i liked it overall Right. Uh, you look at how competitive, and, and this happens to some degree every season, whether there's a plan or not, where teams at the end are trying to mm-hmm. kind of finagle their play their playoff matchups. We saw it with the Clippers, whether people are saying they were trying to duck the Lakers in the second round, or they were trying to match up with the Mavs, who they thought they could beat, whatever it may be. Um, I personally don't think they were trying to play the Mavs by any stretch, um, but I definitely think there was some 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 looking ahead of ooh maybe not the Lakers maybe not the Suns mm-hmm. um, so so that'll be interesting I, I that happens to some degree every season but I and I don't know if this had more of the fact that there were only seventy two games to play like had they played ten game ten more games still even with the play in like like would we have seen the same level of competition like how much of this had to do with the fact that there were only seventy two games. Um, versus point. the play-in. So, like, I, I don't know if that had to do with anything. Um, but I'm kind of with you. I loved I loved how close everything was, and every game really did matter. Um, so, so yeah, I, I definitely think the 10 seed being in the, play, the play-in uh, might be a little much, uh, especially because mm-hmm. we saw the Pacers in the East just get absolutely whomped. We, we joked a little while ago that, that that matchup might be a snooze fest, and sure enough, it was. Um, <laughs> The Western Conference was a little more competitive. That Spurs Memphis game was definitely entertaining, and we got some good uh, we got some good Grizzlies gifts over the weekend of their fans absolutely <laughs> yeah. losing it. It was uh, awesome. But yeah, it was just so exciting these these last couple weeks of the season. So I, I think I'm I'm on board for the plane to stay. I mean, I, I think it would be better if it went just eight and nine, but I didn't I didn't hate it being the tenth. So we'll see how it goes. I I definitely enjoyed it. So. Yeah, and another thing real quick, I mean, there were a couple of weeks there where we're before, unfortunately, Zion went down, where we were like, are the Pelicans going to find a way to sneak in there? Last time you and I talked, we were like, we could be looking at a Jaw-Zion matchup and a LeBron-Steph matchup, a LeBron-Steph matchup. And so I, I mean, in the West, like you said, it's different West and East, or East versus West, but um, I, I don't know how that how that felt or factors in moving forward. There's so many things that can affect how that formatting goes for the play-in tournament. But, I mean, it is crazy. And even especially in the West, like, it, it's always going to be close. So, who knows what will happen. But it's it's very interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, I think when we look at the East, we talk about the snooze fest that the Pacers played. <laughs> They've definitely had some culture concerns, the coaching concern. We talked about that mm-hmm. on our last pod a couple of weeks ago. Um, I wonder if they were just kind of checked out. They're like, you know what? I mean, we're not going to beat the Nets or the 76ers if we were to somehow pull this out, I guess they could only have played the 76ers being the eight seed, but um, it's not, it just wasn't a huge, I guess they didn't have a ton of motivation. So when you, when you look at the West, on the other hand, like those guys were playing with house money, the Spurs and the Grizzlies. So like that was just a competitive game. So I absolutely love that, but I do want to dive into these playing games, Lauren, because we had a lot of drama, a lot of, intense matchups. We talked about that LeBron Steph matchup that we might've gotten and we did get it. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that was the second matchup of the Western conference night, right? The Spurs Memphis game was first. Yep. So then we followed Mm. the Lakers warriors. I want to say one thing about Steph and I tweeted this during the game. Steph 
amazes me in the same kind of way that Dirk Nowitzki did. And obviously mm-hmm. I'm a Mavs fan. So like anything Dirk did amazed me, but I, I say that to mean like just watching the shots that they take is like, nobody should be doing that. Like watching right. Dirk fall away at the angles that he did and still, and like contort his body and still make the shot was just ridiculous to watch for 20 plus seasons. And Steph running through screens and around people and dribbling and just hoisting up these crazy shots like on a dime and still go in has just been absolutely amazing. So I, I loved watching that. That was that's absolutely crazy to me. Yeah, Steph is, I mean, there is not there are there's not enough time in the day to talk about how unreal Steph is. I mean, even last night, uh the game against Memphis you're just you're watching him the whole time and dad and I are sitting there and every time he shoots the ball it doesn't matter where he is doesn't matter how crowded he is I'm like I it's going in and when it doesn't go in I'm surprised so Mm -hmm. it's it, it is unreal to see players like that and how the gravity that they hold I mean watching Dylan Brooks watching Dylan Brooks having to stay in his grill and then watching jaw having to kind of help out a little I mean Kyle Anderson having to come up and and help double that a little bit I mean it was truly just that shows you how insane a player is and and the season that he's having um I know there's a lot of talk with the MVP stuff but Steph is truly just a magician out there. He's he's crazy, and so I, it it does it is a little unfortunate that we're not going to get to see him in the playoffs. But the Warriors next year, a fully healthy Ooh. Warriors team. Oof! Watch yeah. out, the One West. Team in the West. One oh my god! No kidding. Ah. So it's it's absolutely crazy. You talked about the guys running around for the Grizzlies. I mean, Alex Caruso too. The night before, the or the two nights before with the Lakers. I mean, it's just it's not an easy matchup when you have to guard Steph. I think the craziest mm. thing is that they we knew he was dealing with what the Warriors were calling a contusion for so long, and I think I saw a tweet that Kay's, Kent Bazemore mentioned that it that he actually had a fracture in his tailbone that he was dealing mm. with. I think it was a stress fracture. So like that, I mean. So he's playing with that is no joke. So Steph, absolutely an animal. And Lauren, you said to me before the pod, I think we're both on the same page that Jokic deserves the MVP. Mm. But if Steph were to get it, and obviously we don't think he will because not making the playoffs and and even being in the play-in game probably doesn't elevate your team status to get that. But like Steph was was no doubt deserving. Yeah, he. I mean, the year that he had was just unbelievable. And I I would have been kind of interested to see how that would have gone if he had gotten right. in the playoffs and taken the jazz to maybe six i don't know just giving them a little bit just a little tough or making it a little tough especially they didn't have jonathan mitchell that's a whole that's a whole conversation whole hypothetical but yeah it i, I don't i don't know that steph is gonna get it but it i mean god this year you just people talk about it all the time on twitter on how you cannot take this uh you cannot take the season for granted absolutely so i want to talk about that warriors lakers matchup um, I started to say this before I went down the rabbit hole of how great and amazing Steph was. Um, so I I watched most uh, of the the Grizzlies Spurs. I watched probably the second half. I was coming home from work and then I met some friends for dinner, and then I watched pretty much the entire Lakers game. Granted, mm-hmm. it started at 9 p.m. Central Time in Dallas. I fell asleep roughly about with <laughs> six minutes left. I I remember. The last thing I remember is LeBron <laughs> taking a charge that was very clearly a block. And I mm-hmm. think they challenged and overturned it. 
Yes. And somewhere shortly after that, I fell asleep. I was fighting it so hard, but I just couldn't do it anymore. So Lauren, I've obviously seen everything on Twitter at this point, but Lauren, what were your takes on the last six minutes and, and the craziness that ensued? Oh my gosh. I mean, it really was crazy because you're holding, you're holding on like for dear life, the entire last, uh, just all of clutch time. It was crazy, but um, just going back and forth, back and forth. I, I don't even know what to say because watching that game unfold, it was so, I mean, the Warriors were so dominant throughout the whole game and, 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 it wasn't as much that I felt like the Warriors were were dominating as much as I felt like the Lakers just couldn't get it together. Um, and so I I don't know. I I just it was chaos. And then the LeBron shot obviously was it kills me because like LeBron's gonna hit those shots, but I, I, it, I as soon as he shot it, I was like, you've got to be if this goes in because it's just <laughs> so not in his arsenal. You know, the range, the big shots, it's just. I mean, the big shots are in his arsenal, but it just killed me when that went in. And the whole three rims thing was a little too much for me. I didn't really care <laughs> for that. Uh, but but yeah, so I, I I don't know. It was it was chaos. The the charge, like you mentioned, when that got called a charge, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like that was pretty clear. Um, but but yeah, it was it was chaos. So I don't know. It, right. I thought like the whole game you were waiting for for the Warriors to, to close it out. Cause you could just, I mean, they were so dominant the whole game and then they just kind of, you know, gave it away. Right. You talk about LeBron not being a three point shooter. I mean, he shot 36 and a half percent, which is slightly above average, but LeBron's not known for being a three point shooter. And so like, you don't think, especially those shots, a couple steps behind the, the line, definitely not his typical shot, but it's completely different in the last minute of the game there's almost a shot that exactly. he can't hit because he's just when, when clutch time turns on LeBron can do anything. So am I surprised that went in? Absolutely not. I'm right, right there with you. I think, Oh, I only saw three rims. So I shot at the one in the middle. That was, Oh, that uh, was, a, oh, God. that was, that was yeah, a little too much. That's just typical LeBron for you. And of course I saw a tweet that um Jordan and Kobe were guys who were trying to convince you they weren't hurt. And here's LeBron telling you he is hurt. Oh, um, that's funny. Yeah. Le if LeBron genuinely could not tell what rim was what, and obviously like if you're seeing triple, like <laughs> granted, I've never been like knocked out or poked into the eye to the point where I couldn't see once I finally was able to like, I guess not fix myself, but you know, when you're poked in the eye, you need a second to kind of right. like, yeah, there's like never after that have I been like, oh my God, I'm seeing triple. Yeah. And and anytime I think like <laughs> the only time I've I can ever speak to seeing multiple of things of when I've had too much to drink. And maybe it's just because I've had too much to drink that I've also felt like things were moving. So mm -hmm. like if I'm imagining LeBron poked in the eye and truly seeing three rims, I've gotta imagine like to some degree they're moving as well, like as he's looking around. So like you're telling me he's he's also gonna make a three and and play sound defense and make great plays like that happened. So yeah, LeBron's just, no, and he said he got poked like ten minutes before that, and I right. was like, exactly. Come so on, man. Just, come yeah, on. I just don't buy it. Respect, at, at respect on the shot, but Absolutely. like, come on, man. We yeah, we don't need we don't need the the. Antics. We don't need three rims. We exactly. don't need a T-shirt to come out with three rims. We don't need it all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God, Nike! Oh, they're exactly. gonna go for it. So, but anyway, that was an absolutely entertaining game. I am sad that I missed it, but I just couldn't stay up. Couldn't do it.
But anyway, we move to kind of the final play. And actually, I want to touch on the Wizards Celtics before we go, because um, I remember thinking at some point in the regular season that the Wizards were just poor Bradley Beal was struggling again, was not going to make the playoffs. And it just didn't seem like they were ever going to get it together. Mm-hmm. And then here they found themselves in the eight seed. So like, I love that for Beal and the Wizards. I'm a fan of Scott Brooks. I don't know that he's necessarily a championship coach, but I think he's a good coach. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was glad to see them. But Jason Tatum, my God, 50 points. Like He's crazy. Right. Poor Russ had an absolute awful night. But, I mean, I, I think Russ could have been on, and it just seemed like Tatum was in another world. And so kind of glad to see them move on. Um, yeah. What I think is interesting about the play-in games, and maybe we'll talk about this again in a minute, is that the seven seed ended up being the seven seed in both conferences. The ten seed lost. I can't remember. Was Golden, Golden State was the eight seed, and Memphis was the nine. So I guess that did. Yeah. The, not, the nine jumped the eight in that case. So I guess that's that's fine. I was I was thinking for for just a second that it ended up holding chalk because Memphis. Right. Or, sorry, the Wizards would turn around and win and be the eight seed. Um, but the Memphis nine. So, so that's, that's kind of where I'm like, Hey, maybe the eight, nine matchup makes sense. I agree. Um, but, but I thought that was definitely interesting. Neither 10 seed made it, um, which seems like the, the world kind of correcting itself or, or, or writing itself. So I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Lauren, I want to talk about more. I mean, and I've, I've been rambling. So if you want to talk about the Celtics, feel free to jump in with that. But I also want to talk about the, the final playing games, the, the fight for the eight seed. Yeah, I, I, the eighth seed. I think we've probably got a lot more to unpack there. Real quick on the on the Celtics, uh, it's it's tough. It's this has been a tough year, and so it's been a tough year for so many teams. And so losing Jalen Brown, and then if they had somehow gotten out of the play or gotten into the playoffs, going up against Philly uh, or or Brooklyn or whatever, I think it would have only been Philly. But um, like that would have been that would have been really tough. And so I, I it sucks, but. Um, I don't know. They're, they, they've got room to grow. They'll be fine. But, um, but yeah, that for, for so many teams, it's kind of been like, you know what, focus on next year because I mean, look at Toronto, you just, you know, there's so many things going on. So Celtics will be fine, but I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that it was Washington that got in. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Um, Celtics are going to be playing Brooklyn in the first round and the wizards are going to be playing the 76ers. We're going to talk about the playoffs coming up. Um, I want to break down the Warriors-Grizzlies game. I almost blanked on <laughs> – I was picturing John Morant's team and I couldn't remember the name of the Grizzlies, so that's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I, I will admit I did not watch the Wizards and – was it the Hornets? The beat it, the was it was Pacers, Horn- it Pacers or it was Hornets. It was Pacers, and Hornets, and then it was – and then Wizards, Pacers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wizards, Wizards, right? Hornets played for Wizards, Hornets no, played was it, for eight because the Hornets beat the Pacers. No, I thought it was Wizards, Celtics. Yeah, Wizards, Celtics played for seven, and Celtics won. Then the Wizards went okay, on okay, okay, and played the Hornets, who beat the Pacers. Yeah, so see, I got you. Sorry, I'm to hash that out. Should tell you how yeah. little the East, how little intrigue there was around the East. Um, and, and yeah, I'll be honest with you, shot. I was paying a lot. Yeah, I was paying a lot less attention to the East. Right, and and so that should just tell you, like, I, did, I didn't watch the Wizards game. I'm glad they won. Uh, I think we get to see playoff Russ. That will be interesting and in playoff field. That'll be but interesting. Outside of that, I mean, I don't think they're going to beat Philly. So, like, 
moving on <laughs> anyway so i i want to talk right. more about i want to talk more about the golden state memphis game and that was just another intense game i didn't watch all of this and i missed the end of this one as well but but just another intense game lauren what were kind of your takeaways i know we've got some things to unpack here yeah so with with golden state i mean the entire game i'll be on it like memphis Memphis was in control. And so seeing them continue to stretch the lead and then Golden State close it and then continue to stretch the lead, I was a little bit surprised by that. I didn't know that. Uh, I wasn't sure how that would go. Uh, but I did pick yesterday. I was uh, I was a guest on, on a podcast and I talked about, um, I predicted Memphis win that game because the thing about Memphis, my four takeaways from that game, or, or at least going into the game, my thing about Memphis is that their production does not take a step back. Um their their production that their production does not take a step back, and so uh, when their bench unit comes in, it's like, I mean, they do just fine. And so um, yesterday, uh, when we were talking on the Hoop Talk Pod, we were talking about how Memphis plays and how they would fare in the playoffs. And so uh, I don't know it, it's, when you look at Golden State, they got their starting unit, but their second unit it, it's it's a little bit tough. And when you don't have my biggest takeaway, when you don't have Wiggins show up, I mean Wiggins had, I mean, his stat line wasn't terrible, but he needed to hit a couple of big shots down the stretch there and he missed bad. So uh my biggest takeaway was that was was Wiggins. That was that was really tough. And then Draymond, that shot, we can talk about that in just a second. But oh my God, it was awful. And then the other thing that I wanted to mention was the Taylor Jenkins ch- lack not challenging that that three point shot. That was wild. Um, I don't know how that didn't happen. We can also dive into that in a second. But um, I do have to give the nod to Xavier Tillman and Jordan Poole, guys that had incredible games and went out there. And I mean, they played hard and they they had really solid games when your season is on the line. And so Tillman getting getting the the nod down the stretch over Jaron Jackson, that's huge. He was in there in those closing minutes uh, after Valanciunas fouls out over Jaron Jackson. That's crazy. So, um, yeah, it, it was a crazy game, but definitely, I mean, I, th- I think Memphis probably, I mean, should have pulled it out, and, and they did. So there you go. Yeah, it's interesting. We, we talk about um, how great Steph is. Um, there's probably even some more to, to unpack about how great he is considering he had a fractured tailbone. But when you look at the Warriors, they've always just needed another guy. We talk about Steph can do it. Steph can win one game. Uh, I think it's interesting that he didn't win either of the two. And that's a different conversation. Um, but he needs, excuse me, he needs one more guy to just help. And Draymond obviously pouring in a triple-double was huge. Um, but when it mattered most, he he clanked the, I guess it was a floater, it was this weird he, – he caught a wide-open shot at the top of the key, top of the three, and just drove in right at the end of every, at the end of regulation. And if we want to talk about a guy who might have been seeing three rims, Draymond, my God, oh just – God. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. Of, oh, it was so bad. Yeah. I mean, for a guy that's, like, setting so many screens for Steph, you've got to be – I mean, that was it right there. He's right in the paint. You've got to be able to knock that down. I saw a tweet that said – Draymond also saw three rims and he shot left. He shot way left. <laughs> I was dying laughing. It's like, my goodness. Yeah. That, I mean, Draymond had, uh, like you said, good game, but that's your moment right there. And you've got to be able to execute that. Absolutely. And, and poor Steph had to just take more on, went into overtime, mm-hmm. 
And at that point, it, it never really was like they could catch up. Uh, I do want to unpack the 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 non-challenge by Taylor Jenkins. Lauren, you you and mm-hmm. I were talking about this before the pod. So for those who didn't see it, yes. Jordan Poole goes up for a three. Desmond Bain on the closeout. And Desmond Bain's not closing out too hard because he realized Poole's going to get off the shot, but he is contesting it. And Poole just ever so slightly, you can see it in slow-mo, um, as he goes up, his legs are in one spot, but as he comes down and it's, it's the change from the peak to when he's coming down that you can see him just extend his leg enough so that it clips Bain as he's running by and they call the foul on it. And ultimately Taylor Jenkins did not challenge Lauren. You were watching the game live. What, how, how did that play out? What was that like? So when you watch it live, it's it's one of those things where it's like okay we see these we see these calls all the time on these three point shots, uh, but they immediately show the replay and the announcers are talking about it and you can see very clearly that there's that leg extension that you were mentioning and then they pan to the to the Grizzlies bench and you see Taylor Jenkins walk over to his coaching staff who they have it all pulled up on the iPads different angles slow mo all of it and they're talking about oh expect it, fully expecting him to challenge this everyone's waiting for the the buzzer to go on or the whatever the green light to go on and he just doesn't do it and then before you know it jordan pool's holding the ball at the free throw line and your time is, has run out and it was it was crazy because that was a pivotal moment in the game i believe that took it from five to two uh in clutch time and so that was i mean that was huge and for for them to to somehow miss that was was insane because because those are the moments where like you've got to be ready for that. That is there was a minute left in the game. They had two timeouts. So even if they had somehow lost that challenge, which there was no way that was going to happen, it was clear as day in that video. If they had somehow lost the challenge, they would have still had one timeout left and there was only a minute left in the game. So how many more opportunities are you going to get to challenge something that is worth challenging? And so it was it was a big big miss uh, uh I, if I if they had somehow lost that game, uh, I don't know how that would have fared for Taylor Jenkins. Uh, I know a lot of people probably would have been coming for his neck there, but that was a big, big moment that could have potentially saved them from going into overtime and having to continue that that battle. Uh, but but yeah, that was a big, big miss for sure. Yeah, in an elimination environment, like why why would you not? Right, you have nothing to right. it is win or go home. Um, and I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. It all works out. They go to overtime and win. But man, like. It just, Could have been. and I don't want to chalk it up to a young coaching moment, but that's just, especially with two timeouts like that, that's not something that should happen. Somebody on the bench, I mean, we'll never know the conversation that those coaches had. Maybe they were saying, True. oh, we don't see it. We think it'll be a foul, but somebody's got to say, hey, like, you, you got to challenge it. Like, you've right. got nothing to lose. Like, you've got to trust in your guys that even if you lose the timeout, things will be okay. And, and I guess sure enough, they did. So I mean, what are we to say? But man, that definitely seems like a huge mistake. And, and when you look in the playoffs, those are the mistakes that get amplified. The coaching yep, matchups exactly. I think, are so huge. And when you have one coach that significantly outcoaches the other, that can help close sometimes a talent gap. And so I don't think it's going to matter for the Grizzlies playing. I believe Utah is the one seed. So like, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to matter. Um, especially because I think a Utah has more talent and B they have the better coach. So it's not like they can close the gap one way, but like you can't get out coached and outplayed if you want to win a series. And so, right. so that, that was a huge mistake. I mean, maybe he learns from it. 
uh, you would hope he learns from it. And, and again, heat of the moment, who knows, but that was definitely something interesting. Um, Lauren, it, it was an absolutely crazy end of the season and a crazy play-in game. Uh, for those who did not see, I posted my first TikTok. I guess I've posted a TikTok before, but it was just clips of the podcast. I actually sliced up and edited a TikTok. And for a 25-year-old, that might have been one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I am You did not, good. Oh, my gosh. I am not. I thought you killed it. Savvy. Well, thank you. Um, it took way too much time figuring that out i would if anyone ever decides to make a tiktok just give yourself ample time to figure it out because googling <laughs> was not help helping answering my questions lauren was was hanging out with some friends and i was asking her uh and she was like oh god she, she didn't say that to me she was a lot nicer but it was rough for a minute so um i i for, for those who haven't seen it go check us out we're, we're at the gunshot on tiktok um you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as well. But I posted a TikTok where my dog Sophie in our Mavs jersey just picked the winners of the playing games. Uh, the problem was it took me so long to figure out how to post the TikTok that by the time I did the first playing game had ended. So I didn't, didn't really have her picking that one. So that should tell you how that went. Um, I think I might try to do something again here, picking the play the first playoff round. series. Um, I'm not like going to go game by game because that was too much for Grant. So I think we're just going to have yeah. Sophie pick the series. series. So I, we'll see I how agree. that goes. Check us out on TikTok. Um, we're actually going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the things to watch and look out for during the playoffs. These playoff matchups have been long awaited. We're going to have fans in the stands and things to look out for. So when we come back, we'll break it all down. All righty, welcome back. Lauren, we have talked play-in, season wrap-up, but this is what it's all about. This is what we've been waiting for. It is playoff time. Let's go. Here we are. We're recording Saturday. Um, it is the playoff start today at the time of recording. No games have been played, but we are hours away from, um, I'm blanking on, I think it's the Bucks who tip off. I forget who they're playing with. This is embarrassing. Miami. Thank you. There's too you much going on. on I don't blame earlier. you. Yeah, yeah, I do not you, blame you. There's just a lot. I, I blinked on, on the Bucks. I know the West better. Maybe that's because I've been paying attention with the Mavs more. Um, but we're, we're hours away from games tipping off. Uh, we're going to go through just a, a few of the series matchups and talk about what we have to look out for. Things to uh, keep an eye on that may make these things interesting. So, Lauren, I think we should start in the East. Uh, we're going to have a 76ers-Wizards matchup. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time here. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things that I think is interesting is going to be the Russ and Bede matchup. These two guys have a history of not liking each other, talking a lot of smack. I think that might make, make for some good playoff memes. Uh, Lauren, do you think there's anything to note in this series? Uh, not particularly. I, I will be interested to see how that goes. Uh, those are always something to, to get your popcorn ready for. But, uh, other than that, yeah, I think, uh, I think the, um, 76ers will handle, handle their business pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I actually want to switch and talk about the four five matchup, the Knicks Hawks. I think there's a lot here to unpack, but I also think there's, there's some, some things to consider. Um, and I'll, I, I'm interested to get your take because when you look at 
kind of the Eastern Conference and the different teams across the board, you've got storylines like like for the Bucks for Giannis. Can this be the year he puts them over the edge? With the Nets, uh, are they going to finally overcome all the injuries and continuity issues that they're going to put together a team or, or sorry, a run um, that kind of silences all doubts? The 76ers, are Ben Simmons and Embiid enough to get them over the hump? Like, you look at each of these teams, um, they all have big question marks, but the Knicks and the Hawks, I feel like, are on a very similar stage right now where mm-hmm. they both have one good star, but outside of that, they've just got a bunch of good role players. And so I think we have the potential for somebody to um, – put themselves in another level is Randall going to have a breakout moment. Granted, he was always already an all-star same with Trey, mm-hmm. um, but until you're successful in the playoffs, I feel like you don't really launch yourself into another tier. Right. So I'm interested to hear what you think about this series. Well, I, you know, I, I think it's really interesting because these are young teams. They're, the expectation is not that their moment is right now. The Knicks have had an awesome season and it's a great story, but they're more future oriented. So the matchup is going to be interesting because the Knicks, their defense has been incredible this year. And in Atlanta, after introducing Nate McMillan, I mean, they've been on a good stretch and it looks like Nate McMillan, Nate McMillan will be here to stay for the, for the time being. And so there are a lot of moving pieces and, and interesting things to compare in terms of the matchup. But what I'm, and you know me, so this is not going to surprise you at all. What I'm interested in is how the performance and how the outcome will determine what happens in the offseason. Do you try to upgrade? Is there someone that you're like, if you're Atlanta, if you get bodied by the Knicks because their defense is so solid, do you, are you more inclined to let John Collins walk if the money is so, you know what I mean? That is what I'm kind right. of looking at because for me, these teams, they're not, they're not at their ceiling they've got time once they get i mean the knicks i mean with what they've done this year they're going to have they they, they're more attractive so than they already were so uh that's kind of more what i'm looking at but personally i think atlanta will be able to get it done uh i think that they've got some guys on there that have the playoff experience lou williams clint capella uh even tony snell with his time in in milwaukee I, i do think that they'll be able to get it done but if the Knicks take care of business, which I think they, they could do, that'll be very interesting. What are your thoughts on this series? Do you have any predictions? Uh, what are you looking at? I think it is going to be the Hawks, but I think it's going to be a seven-game yeah, fight. And I wouldn't be surprised if you have a couple blowouts one way or the other. Um, but I think this is overall going to be a very close series. Uh, one thing we didn't touch on with the 76ers is, is how – I don't want to say they have a cakewalk, but – we talk about these Knicks and Hawks teams not really being in that, that threatening contending tier. So assuming the 76ers walk through the Wizards, they're going to have a relatively easy, and again, it'll be a tough matchup, but it's not the grit grind-out series that the Nets-Bucks could potentially have in the second round. So the 76ers are going to have plenty of time to get into a playoff groove um, before they hit kind of the real competition. So I think that's an interesting aspect to play. Uh, that will play out. Um, and I think it goes back to how important the seeding really is for this conference. We talked about it mm-hmm. multiple times already. Um, we thought that the one seed was going to be really important for the Nets because they were going to need these couple of series to get time playing Kyrie, Katie, and Harden together. And, and not that it's going to be uh, a huge issue, but I personally don't think they can win a championship this season because they just haven't played enough together. 
And everyone is going to say that that doesn't matter when you have star power. We saw it with the Clippers last year. Uh, we've seen it in the past. LeBron, the first year of the big three, like you just need time to put things together. Uh, and so I worry that the Nets just haven't had that. So I think it's going to hurt them having to play. Uh, the Celtics in the first round is, is going to be tough. Uh, I think they do win that because without Jalen Brown, it's just too much for the Celtics to overcome. Right. Uh, but it won't be an easy, like I think that, like I wouldn't be shocked if that one went to six. I think it probably goes five. Yeah. Uh, I'm moving on from the Knicks Hawks already and talking, talking net Celtics now, <laughs> but, but then they're going to have to battle against the Bucks, And like, I just don't know that the Nets have everything. Uh, yeah. they, they just don't have enough time. So it's, it's been interesting. Lauren, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the Nets. I know we've talked about this previously on pod, so I don't want to like hammer it yeah. too much, but now that the seeds are set and the picture has been painted, like it's definitely worth mentioning. Yeah. You know, I, uh, now that the stage is, is set and the path is kind of, we know what it's it's likely going to be. Uh, it's interesting because we've talked about how the two teams that are going to test them the most are Milwaukee and Philly, and they're going to have to go through both if they intend to get there. So, or, or intend to, to make it to out of the East. And so, uh, yeah, I think the continuity as far as playing less than 10 games together as a trio is a problem. Um, I, I, to push back a little bit, I do understand people saying that the star power is so much. How are you going to beat that four times? But when you're tested against someone like Milwaukee, especially that can match up with you about like defensively as, as best as anyone, as good as anyone, uh, that's really going to test them because not only can they match up against them defensively and try to slow them down as much as you can, but they've got the depth. They've got the continuity. They've got the star power. Um, and you don't have all those things. And so uh, those games are going to be incredibly fascinating. And, and I'm with you. I personally don't think it's Brooklyn's year. I, 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 they're very tough, and it's hard to imagine anyone beating them four times. But continuity is a thing. And for all the same reasons you said it and given previous prior examples, uh, I, I do think that that's an important thing to note. Absolutely. Uh Grant, it would not surprise me if they win a championship. Uh, yeah. I think they're probably the favorite out of the East for people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not my favorite. That being Same. said, that can change real quick after the first round. If they just absolutely demolish the Celtics four games in a row, all three guys play. There needs to seem to be no nagging injury concerns. Um, that may change my view if they just absolutely smoke the Celtics. Um, but I want to talk about this Bucks heat matchup, which mm-hmm. is a rematch from last year's playoffs. Um, the Heat have battled injuries this year, but I feel like they are built for the playoffs. They've got kind of all the right pieces. They're largely the same team as last year, um, but the Bucks are definitely not. Uh, mm-hmm. Lorna, I'm interested to hear, to hear what you have to say about this series because I think it, it's going to be a very different series than what we saw last year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I definitely think it's going to be an, a different series. Uh, Tyler Hero has had some consistency issues they don't have jay crowder this year they do have uh trevor reza who who they've been able able to plug in and he's been functional for them they have precious yeah, to up i'll be interested to see how they use precious uh to see um like how many minutes he gets as a rookie but i mean he, he's been solid for them so i wouldn't be surprised to see him out there i'm not sure what Gorn is going to look like how, how i mean how's his health what is he? I, I just don't quit. There are, there are questions there, you know? So, and, and Milwaukee has only gotten stronger. Bringing in Drew Holiday was a huge, huge move. So that might be just what they need. Uh, 
to take them to that next level and get them where they need to go. Personally, I have Milwaukee in this series. Uh, I don't think it's going to be an easy one. I agree with you. But in my opinion, Miami um, losing Jay Crowder was huge. Not having Depot is also huge. Uh, but, I mean, they could get out there and prove me wrong if, if Tyler Hero goes off again and if Bam is – I mean, they could prove me wrong. Miami is not someone to underestimate, that's for sure. But personally, I, I have Milwaukee in this one. What about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely have Milwaukee. Uh, I think everyone's looking at this playoff series as it's that point in Giannis's career where it's like, okay, you've had plenty of time to gain the playoff experience you've needed. Are you a guy who's going to take your team to the next level? Are you, can you get them over the hump and actually get to an NBA Finals? Um, it, this was the narrative around Dirk for so long. Is he just was a soft European? I don't think anyone's saying Giannis is soft. Um, but the, there are questions around his game and if he can take that team to the next level. Uh, I, I think it starts this year. I think by no means does he have an easy stretch. I think if you look at the toughest path in, in getting to the NBA Finals, in no order, it's going through Miami, Brooklyn, and Philly. And obviously that seems to be the path for Milwaukee. But playing those three teams, I just think, are the toughest non-Milwaukee teams. And so – uh, it's going to be so interesting. I'm going to have my eye close on Giannis. The good thing for Giannis in Milwaukee is that he's signed and locked in long-term. And so they're always going to have a chance to run it back and make upgrades in the future. So like for Giannis, I love that. Like I love that he's not going to be defined by this playoff year, but a lot of people are going to write the narrative on Giannis based on how this goes. So it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to keep an eye on him. Uh, Lauren, if you don't have anything else on the East, I think it's time we switch it over to the West. Yes, let's switch. So I don't want to get too deep into the Grizzlies jazz. I know we've talked about um, – actually, actually, I do think there, there are some yeah. things to note here. Um, I think the jazz, like we talked about, I think the jazz have the better coach and the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, but similar to Miami and the, the injury concerns that they've had there, what's it going to be like for the jazz? Are the Jazz going to have – like, is Donovan Mitchell going to be healthy for this series? Is he going to have um, injuries that potentially affect him past this first round, assuming that they do get past the Grizzlies? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are some questions here. Lauren, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be interested to see how the Utah Jazz handle this series. If, if Donovan Mitchell is, is at full strength or, or whatever the case may be, how dominant are they? Are they for real? That's everybody's question about the Utah Jazz. Memphis – I have said it a million times. I love Memphis's roster. I really like how it's constructed. I like what I what I mentioned before when we were talking about the play-in games. I love how uh, their production does not take a huge step back when their stars are off the floor. Xavier Tillman is having an incredible I mean an incredible year as a rookie. Jonas Valanciunas, one of the most underrated bigs in the league. How is he going to match up against Rudy Gobert? I, I don't think he's going to make it easy. So I like the depth they, that they have. I do agree with you. Utah has the better team, the better coach uh, for all of the – they should win. But, I mean, I don't think Memphis is like a, an easy rollover team, and especially if Donovan Mitchell is not at full strength or even misses multiple games. Uh, I, I still am un, unclear. On, on what that situation really is going to look like for an entire series. But Memphis, like you said, playing with house money, nothing to lose, ready to get that playoff experience. So I don't think that they're going to be an easy rollover, sit down and rollover team. Absolutely. Um, I, I want to touch on the Nuggets Blazers next. Yes. Um, just because 
this is going to be an entertaining series, um, but I don't think that either of these teams are going to make it past the second round. Like, like you could pick the Blazers and you could talk me into them winning this series. You could talk me into the Nuggets winning this series. Um, but whoever they play in the second round, whether it's the Suns or the Lakers, like I just don't see them getting past those guys. Um, so I don't want to spend too much time on this series, but I think there are, are tons of things to note here. Um, the first being how are the Nuggets going to play in a playoff scenario, playoff game without Jamal Murray? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what that's going to look like because who is their – I mean, who's their guard? Who's their ball handler? Yeah, they run their offense through Jokic, but what is that going to look like? You're going to need Michael Porter Jr., who is in that most improved player – I mean, conversation. He he's He's solid, but you're going to need him to – not be inconsistent you need him to show up every night and give you the production that you might that you're not going to get from Jamal Murray you traded RJ Hampton for Aaron Gordon uh in that trade you got Monty Morris but I I I just don't know what that's going to look like Will Barton uh could handle the ball a little bit uh but there are some questions there and so you've got Denver who's got Paul I mean Aaron Gordon Paul Millsap Michael Porter Jr. and Jokic and then you've got the Blazers who've got Dame CJ and Norman Powell a lot of their scoring coming from the guard position so I'm going to be very fascinated as to how those teams try and mitigate the others strengths uh it'll be very fascinating but yeah I'm with you I think it's going to be a long series I think it's going to be a fun series and both of these teams are in a play I mean there's a lot of pressure over in Portland Terry Stotts is his seat's getting kind of hot there's some questions there so what is he going to do to get out of this first round because they they really can't afford to, to take a, a first round exit here so uh, I'll be I'll be interested to see what happens there and and Denver how does your playoff game plan change now that you don't have Jamal Murray right we've talked about in the past how once you get to the playoffs the rotation shrinks everybody's minutes increase um Jokic, I think, is going to do what we have seen him do time and time again. We, t- we talk about in the East with Trey Young and Julius Randle. Are they going to launch themselves into another kind of level of superstardom uh, during the playoffs? Michael Porter Jr. is in that same conversation. And obviously, I don't think he's quite on Trey Young or uh, Julius Randle's level. But we may be looking at him differently at the end of this playoff run if he's able to step up and take on a bigger role. So I think that'll be a, a huge piece for Denver, especially if they're going to have any success in the playoffs. It's going to revolve around Michael Porter Jr. and his consistency. Um, on the Blazers' end, the biggest question is going to be their defense, and I think that's what's going to ultimately, ultimately hold them back. Um, mm-hmm. Dame is going to keep them in any game and give them a chance to win, which is huge. Uh, you kind of look at the Warriors with Steph, same, same type thing. Those guys just give their team a chance to win every single night. Yep. So to have a guy like that is huge. Um, at the same time, I just don't know if it's enough. You've got to be able to make key stops down the stretch when it matters. Um, and the defense is just a huge concern for the Blazers. It's atrocious. So I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. Uh, there's, there's a lot to watch. I'm going to, like I said, it's going to be an entertaining series. So a lot to keep an eye on there. Um, next I think we should save our Mavs Clippers for last. Yep, so let's absolutely. talk about the Suns Lake, the Suns Lakers. Um, before we dive into the X's and O's of this, I want to talk about what's what's kind of been released this morning and things that are going on Twitter. Sounds like LeBron has had a couple uh, trips out and, and has put himself in positions uh, where he would 
potentially be subject to COVID protocols where he would have to sit for 10 days. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he's getting the uh, superstar LeBron pass here and having to skip some of that. Lauren, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, boy, I'll try to keep this short. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredibly frustrating, uh, from especially coming from the perspective of, of being a fan of a middle market team and knowing that if your superstar, even, even Luca, like, I, I don't know. I, I can't say that, but it's very frustrating for some of these teams who maybe have lost a couple of games in the regular season because of the health and safety protocols uh, that may have caused them to take a step back in the standings or even be in the play in tournament or whatever the case may be. Um, it, it's very frustrating. It's it, because it is a double standard at the same time. You mentioned this to me and, and I think everybody knows it. It's LeBron. You're not going to not have LeBron in the playoffs or even in the play-in game because that little party with Michael B. Jordan and Drake happened the night before the play-in game against the Warriors. So let's just keep it real. LeBron not being a part of that was never even remotely a possibility. So yeah, it's frustrating, but come on, let's not be surprised here. Right. Walsh tweeted this morning, LeBron will not be suspended for protocol violation. The nature of the event did not rise to a threat level of virus spread, which I think is just absolute crap. Like, like you said, it's LeBron. Are we surprised? Absolutely not. But if the NBA just flat out said, we're not going to hold LeBron out. We tested him. He tested negative. We're not going to keep him out. Like, I think everyone would just accept that and understand that. Um, But the fact that they're like trying to justify, oh, well, it wasn't really a, a bad situation. Like, oh, I just God. think uh, like, yeah. that's absolute crap. So I'm not a fan of that at all. Right. Um, but am I shocked? Absolutely not. It's LeBron. So we'll see. They don't have, I mean, to, to now jump into the X's and O's of this, it's not going to be an easy matchup. Nope. Uh, LeBron and AD, having those two guys obviously gives you a chance to win a championship every single year. But the Suns with Chris Paul are a completely new team. And so I think this is going to be a hell of a matchup. Lauren, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. What, what do you think of the matchup? Yeah, I, I like this matchup. It's going to be fun. Uh, I am fully prepared for Anthony Davis to make DeAndre Ayton look like his child. But <laughs> at the same time, Chris Paul, the Chris Paul effect, very real. We all know this. Bringing in Jay Crowder is huge. Even someone like Torrey Craig, who's got playoff experience. I mean, this is... This team is as ready as ever, and they have proved that all season long. So Book is ready for his moment. He has been waiting for this. Here he is. It's playoff time. He's got the Lakers. He's ready. So I can't wait to see what Phoenix does. I want to see them go in there and just hit the ground running at the same time. Like you said, this is LeBron in the playoffs. This is not LeBron messing around in the regular season trying to keep trying to minimize the miles that he's putting on, on himself, you know, this it's time. So I I personally, I'll be surprised if, if Phoenix comes out of this just because you cannot doubt LeBron, but this, this is not an easy matchup for the Lakers and let's just keep it real. Lakers got some stuff to figure out. Dennis Schroeder has had some, some iffy moments. He's playing for a contract. Let's just throw that out there. Um, They've got some questions. So Taylor Horton Tucker has been battling some, some, some injuries. So what's that going to look like? How's that going to affect their rotation? They've got some questions and even the game against the Warriors, they were down most of the game. Like they, they've got to tighten these screws. You and I have talked a lot about that. Uh, So it will be interesting to see how this series starts 
changes and finishes because what you see in game one and two is not what you're going to see, in my opinion, in games four, five, and six, and and probably not even seven. So it's going to be a very interesting series. What are your thoughts? No, I think that's huge. I think you put that perfectly. This is, I think this is going to be the most fluid series of any across the board. Um, yeah, I, I, I could not have put that better. You talk about the looks. Game one of any series is always a feel-out game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's going to be even more so. What I, what I think the Suns can do is I think they can take notes from what Golden State did when they defended Anthony Davis. I felt like Draymond did a great job throughout most of the game um, rotating, defending in the pick and roll. Um, to make things difficult for them. Obviously, Anthony Davis is going to get buckets. He's going to do what he does. But it's about making things as difficult as possible. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Jay Crowder matching up on him at times uh, and then them doubling over on Anthony Davis. Let LeBron do what LeBron does. Uh, throw throw different looks at him. Um, but I don't, I don't know that they're going to put Aiden in a ton of situations <laughs> um, to get eaten alive. Uh, mm-hmm. What's going to be interesting, too, is how – how the seven, or how the Suns change their rotation? Yes, um, I don't know that Aiton's going to get played off the floor, especially if the the Lakers are trying to play big. Like, I think the Suns typically tend to be okay with that, um, but but I, I just don't know. Like, this this will be a, a big series for Aiton personally, just individually, um, to see what he can handle and what he's capable of. Um, but yeah, this, this series is going to change the look. These teams are going to throw at each other are going to be, uh, very interesting to watch. The coaching matchup is going to be in- interesting to watch. Um, I- I'm most excited, I think for this series outside of the Dallas Clippers series. And yeah. so uh, this, this will be an entertaining one. I personally think the Lakers are going to win this, but I think it's going to take all seven games to do it. I agree. Uh, I just think Chris Paul is going to win them a couple games down the stretch. I think um, Devin Booker is is ready for this moment, um, but LeBron and AD are, are going to make it a hell of a fight. So we'll I got a see. question for you: What do you think Andre Drummond's role in this series is, and what do you think his uh, his playing time looks like in a playoff series, especially one as competitive as this one's going to be? I think that's going to be a huge question. We talk about how fluid it's going to be. I think we're going to see him in Game One and maybe Game Two as well. Um, but I would not be surprised if he gets played off the floor a little bit because I felt like I've, I've watched a handful of Lakers games since he joined, and I just feel like Drummond is is rough, man. Lost just, in the sauce out some, there. Oh, my gosh. He just makes some poor decisions when all he needs to do is just rebound the ball and, and roll to the basket. Yep. Set hard screens, roll, and, and he spends so much time posting up and dribbling for a guy his size. So it's going to be interesting. I I want to see LeBron get on to him if things start Ooh, to change yeah. because when things matter, LeBron doesn't take shit. It nope. Is, it's, no time. No it's excuse. Now or never. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, Drummond, I think, could be a huge factor here for two reasons. If he figures it out, it could be game over. You could be looking at a, a big lineup like the Lakers had last year where they're throwing AD and McGee or AD and Dwight Howard out there. Um, so you look at you look at Drummond – and Gasol trying to replicate some of the things last year. So I think that could be huge. At the same time, it could go the op- the opposite direction, where he's so bad that it costs them in some big moments. So I'll be interested to see what his minutes look like, because that is a huge question mark for the Lakers. 
Agreed. So I want to I want to break I want to break down the Mavs Clippers now, Lauren. I know we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much on this because obviously you host the Blue Hardwood podcast. You're on locker room uh, talking Mavs quite a bit. So anyone that's following Lauren has probably heard a lot of this. So I don't want to touch too much on it, but we would not be doing it justice if we did not talk about it some. Um, so Lauren, give us give me your initial thoughts on the on the Clippers Mavs series. We've got we've got a big matchup here. Yeah, you know, there's so much to unpack. I think the fan capacity is going to be very interesting. Sorry, Lauren is coughing right now. She's been dealing with a bug, so I tried to I tried to stretch it out, and I'm giving her a break. Real no, break. you did good. I appreciate uh, it. Um, you did good. Um, <laughs> I think the fan capacity is going to be very interesting. I mentioned to you, if Dallas can steal a game and bring it home, uh, to the the fan or to an arena that's nearly at full capacity, I think that that could be very interesting. Uh, I believe we have three times we're allowing three times as many fans as the Clippers are. Is that right? I think so. So I, last what I saw is the Mavs are going to be at 80, 80% capacity at the American Airlines Center. And Lauren, you, you touched on how big that could be. Um, I don't think anyone would be surprised that the Mavs steal one of game one or two. But I think the Clippers are going to be the overwhelming favorites in this series. And so if you bring one win back to Dallas with that arena just absolutely packed, this would be this nuts. Could, that, could, that could be enough to change the series. Um, right. And, and I think that that's going to be something that is way overlooked. Uh, obviously yeah. there's, there's a talent gap. I think the Clippers are clearly the better team, but I yep. think Carlisle is the better coach. And so if he's able to out coach Ty Lue, that could help close that talent gap a little bit. And then the momentum of having a nearly packed stadium in Dallas could just be enough uh, for Dallas. Will it be enough? Personally, I don't think so. Uh, the the logical basketball fan of me says the Clippers take this. However, I do think it goes to seven. I think there are just enough things. And and, and I think it's going to come down to one player for Dallas, and that's going to be Chris Stapps Porzingis. Yep. Sure is. Yeah, no, it's – and a lot of people are out – I think a lot of people from other fan bases are expecting Porzingis to not not be bubble KP, to not be consistent, maybe not even play in every game. Like, I, I think people have no idea what to expect from KP. Uh, and I think he's ready for this moment. You and I have been following along on social media, seeing how he's holding or like, how, how he's conducting himself or, or his behavior in interviews, how excited he looks for this. And uh, I mean, we've heard we've heard a lot of players talk about how they want this matchup, how they're ready. There's a lot of motivation for Dallas, given all the history with with Rondo, with Marcus Morris, with just this matchup. There's so much that's going into this. Uh, if anyone out there was not aware of the fan capacity, I do think it's going to be so huge. Um, we've heard how loud some of these other games have been, and we are going to have two times and even three times as many more fans as some of these games have already been having. So it's going to be chaos. The, the, you mentioned the, the coaching matchup. I will also be very interested to see what that looks like. Uh, but yeah, we'll just have to see how it shakes out. For sure. Lauren, I, you talk about how the impact of the, the Hawks-Knicks could have for the offseason? Is it going to be enough to impact John Collins? You're looking at the same type of thing with Porzingis. Yes. If he gets hurt or is, is struggling, uh, it's games, whatever this ends up being, um, that could impact his future, not only with Dallas, but potentially in the league. Um, 100%. So I, I think you're looking at a lot of the same things there. Um, on a bigger stage, some of the more um, – 
bigger stories. Are we going to get playoff P, pandemic P? Uh, I, I think it, it would be ridiculously surprising yeah. if Paul George is, is close to what he was last season. Um, he's had a, a good season this year, and I expect him to be back at kind of a Paul George level. Um, so that's obviously one huge story. The other, the other story is Luca. I mean, Luca just is on another level. Will mm-hmm. I, he, he's a guy like Steph, like Dame, who gives you a chance to win every single night. Yep. Um, the problem is, I don't think he can do that four times, especially yeah. against the Clippers. So you're you're gonna need you're gonna need KP to be the difference maker. You're gonna need to see him engaged on both ends. Um, but it's going to be a physical, intense series. Regardless, like if the Clippers take care of the Mavs in five, I still expect every single game to be very physical, very chippy. Uh, mm-hmm. These these guys do not like each other. One they do not. Game, so it's going to be very entertaining. Yeah, I, I I can't wait for this matchup. It's it's going to be awesome. Anyone that uh, is a fan of another team or from another fan base, I think everyone knows how this series is there's going to be, I mean, the history and that there's going to be some some chippy moments. Game one, quarter one, minute one, I think they're all ready to go. So it's going to be awesome. Get your popcorn ready. It, it is going to be some some good TV. Absolutely. Well, Lauren, before we wrap up, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here. Okay. Let's give some early finals predictions. Who do you think the two teams in the finals are going to be? We'll update this as we go throughout the playoffs. There will obviously be plenty to talk to. Mm-hmm. Injuries happen. Teams play better than expected. Teams play worse than expected. So this will obviously change. Um, but right now, if you had to pick two teams in the finals, who do you think it's going to be? Oh, boy. Personally, I'm going to go Clippers. Mm, I'm going to go Clippers-Philly is what I'm going to do. Well, I'm going to make this very exciting for everyone still listening. I also think it's going to be Clippers Philly. <laughs> I think Philly's path is just going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think the roster that the Clippers have put together uh, is, is just a perfect playoff um, and kind of kind of what they need. And so um, there, there are definitely going to be hurdles for each team. This is by no means a, a set, set in stone thing. So we, we will have plenty of things to watch. Uh, play out and like we said we we hit on a lot of things through this first round but thanks for joining us we will see you next time next weekend i'm getting married so this uh let's go schedule, <laughs> this playoff release maybe or excuse me podcast release schedule make it a little wonky here because i'm going to hawaii for our honeymoon after that oh, well, let's tuned, go follow, <laughs> so follow so follow lauren on twitter if you don't already that's l at l gun with four n's you can also follow The Gunshot on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, you will find us uh, posting updates as, as far as the podcast release schedule and what to find there um, to stay in touch. Other than that, we have got a great NBA playoff slate today and Sunday. We will catch you next time. Thanks for stopping by.